For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Requires cling to the one who's Amen. Open your Bibles up with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number number 13. 2 Corinthians and chapter number 13. As we'll try to end this chapter today. Now Paul's right church at Corinth. Corinth was a very industrial, a very, very rich city. So a very wicked city. It was like a poor city. Many of the Apostle Paul, Paul pulled along in ship, and probably because it was the fastest way to get around, uh, back uh, back on from, from major cities that were on the port, like there is, is today. So Corinth was a very wicked city, and Paul started a church there. And since he started that church, and, and he left, and he's evangelizing, there's many wicked things as has happened. We went through the book of Corinthians. We know that there was even a, a man that was having, having adulterations with his stepmother. Uh, there was all kinds of ways of wickedness, and there's all kind of, kind of batting and malice, and many different things. Many teachers had, had tried crap in, and some had crap in, and Paul is refuting and uh, rebuking them for all, for all this to happen. This is our final chapter, chapter number 13. The Bible says, this is the third time I am, I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now, it's amazing. He's re-quote, Old Testament scripture there. And when he's talking about capital punishment, you would have to have to do it with it to be two or three witnesses. Isn't that amazing thing what Paul has, has and he's on this church. This is the third time. The third time I'm trying to situate. The third, the third time I'm pointing in the right direction. The third time I have to get on to, to you. But he says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. That's an amazing thing. You can read that in Deuteronomy 19.15. But he's using what they what they use if, for, if they were going to punish somebody, capital punishment, you would have uh, uh, two or three witnesses. And so Paul knows, hey, I know I'm right. And is more than more than two witnesses to validate what is going on in the church that is wrong. In verse two, he says, "I told you before." And the sentence starts out like that, or somebody somebody come and they say that you know the problems. If a, if a parent speaks to their child, they said, "I already told you." That is exactly what Paul is doing doing here. Verse number two, he says, I told you before and, and foretell you as if I were pres- present the second time and being absent. Now I write to them, which here, here too for have sinned and to all other that I come again, again I will n- not spare. Verse three, since, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, in me, 
which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in, in you. They doubted Paul at times, uh, uh, but Paul validated. Read the whole book, or if you listen to sermons that I've done, done many times, Paul validated his, his, he is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was sent by God, God to work, to preach God's word, to establish church. And he said, verse 3, since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, like, like they didn't believe him. Are you not believing me? You're not doing what I'm telling you to do. I'm, you're doing what the word that God has given me. I'm giving, giving you are not obeying it. Like he said, I've already told, told you. Uh, do you not believe that it's Christ working in, in me? That's the flesh for you right there. When, when flesh creeps, creeps in. And let me just say this. When the flesh creeps in, you'll start doubt. Just the devil did in the garden. He came to Eve and said, Yea, hath God said. Did he really mean that? Should you take it that way literally, what the Bible says? Yes, you should. God literally says what he literally means. And you need to take it, take it serious, and you need to take it literal. Why? Because it is the best thing for you and your life and your spiritual well-being because the thing about you you will flow out of your relationship for the lord jesus christ the more that you love the lord you'll love your wife the more that you love the lord the more that you'll love your husband the more that your family the more that you love the more that you love the people at church and the people down the road everything in your life will flow through that relationship with the lord jesus christ it is so important to obey scripture paul is telling here i've already told you that what you're doing is wrong. I've already told you, told you you need to get this right. What right? Get get sin in life. Get sin get sin in the church. Verse number four. He says, for though he, he was crucified through weakness, yet, yet he lived by the power of God. For for also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God, God toward you. How can Paul live out what God, God wants him to do by the power of God through him? How, how are you going to out what you should be to other people? What you should be to other people doing wrong, that are, that are doing you, that are saying things that are wrong. How can you live that out? How can you live a godly life? You can't. I can just tell you that. You, you can't. But when you totally and completely lean and rely on God and his power in your life, just as Paul says here, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. It is by the power of God that you can get righteous and holy life. It is by the power of God, God that you can forgive those that have, that have hurt you. It is by the power of that you can forgive the unforgivable. It is by the power of God that you can lay down your life your spouse. It is by the power of God that you can keep keep your home godly and pointed in the right right direction. It is by the power of God that you can kick kick the pride out of your life. I can't speak for the, for the ladies on that. I know men, including myself, pride is one of the, the biggest biggest problems in our life. If you look, if you look here in the morning, that's the guy that's going to give you the most problems each and every day. It's you, you yourself, and I. That's exactly what it is. And listen, to what Paul tells in verse number five: five, examine yourselves, whether ye in the faith. 
proof for all selves. Know ye not your, your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except he be, be probates. Paul doesn't ask him, are you saved? Paul doesn't ask him, are you born again? Paul tells them, examine your self, whether you be in the faith, whether you be born again, again, whether you're a Christian. I'm here to tell you today, the same goes for you, ladies and gentlemen. You examine yourself. The Bible says, work out, work out salvation with fear and with trembling. And listen, I don't think I'm trying to make somebody doubt, doubt salvation. No, sir. No, ma'am. I am not. But I'm here to, here to tell you, don't think your your membership is going to take you to heaven. Don't think, think you could be been baptized, that, that you won't bust hell wide open because your baptism is not saved you. Don't think because you just said a little said a little one time or another, you repeat it after somebody, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you've been born again. You know the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling it doesn't say go ask somebody do you think i'm saved did, did i really meet? no no the bible says look at yourself the bible even says that his spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children ah now i'm not not taking only good godly advice if you need good godly advice you go to your sister you you tell him and you just pour your heart out to him but nobody can see your heart but God and you. And that's what Paul let them know here. here. Examine yourself. Do you have a lot of head, head notch or do you have it in the heart? Whether you're in the faith. He even says, prove your own selves. You ain't got to prove it to me. You ain't got to prove it to anybody else. And, and that's some, somebody's truly, truly saved. You know, they're not looking to prove that they're saved. They're not looking to prove, prove to you that they're saved. They just, they just know that they're saved. They have confidence in what, in what God has done in them and their life because there is a drastic change in them. New nature. They have new desires. They don't sit on a new path. Paul says, examine yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you, you to examine yourself. Like Paul's telling them, make sure that you know, that, that you know, that you know, that you have been, have been born in. And the reason Paul is bringing this up is because of what, what they're do, doing in the church, as, as churches are today. There are many mega churches that, that boy, they they a lot of fluff and stuff, and you'll feel good and you'll smile and have these great, great songs, but there's no doctrine preached. There's no real Bible message. There's a lot of, a lot of feel good. Oh, trust God, they'll say. But won't tell people that, well, that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They won't tell Christians that you're, that you're a sinner and get right. Get down here to the altar. They've just got a lot of fluff and stuff and stuff and smoke and all this other, other stuff. Fogs, screens, and skinny jeans. That's kind of what they're, what they're worried about. Not really worried about real Bible doctrine. But, but listen to me. That is what was change, change your life. If you're saved, you need to get out of that church, church, and you need a good, good, believing, gospel preaching, God feeding church. And to be honest with you, most, most churches that are biblical are the smaller churches. I'm not saying there's not some churches. My experience and my life from what I've seen, most of the time, the time it is smaller churches that are biblical.
Some of the mega churches are not. They're they're more worth packing people in, and they preach a lot of fluff and stuff. And listen, listen to me. They're not going to help you. Help you. Do you think Paul? Do you think Paul was trying to stroke their ego? Do you think Paul was trying to make good about themselves when he said that? He said, "Hey, examine yourself. Whether you're in the faith." He said, "said prove yourself." I don't think he was trying to just lift them up and make them feel, feel good. But he wanted them to look at their own heart and see if they were truly saved, if they've truly repented of their sins of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Because what you're doing is wrong. You need to get it right. And listen to me, that's what any, any good preacher will tell. Tell you're, what you're doing is wrong, and you need to get, to get it right. Whatever it is, it is. And you say, well, I just want a list of what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Well, there's some, some of that in the Bible, but there's a there's a lot a lot of the Holy Spirit convicting you that, hey, you know that's wrong. That's leading you down the wrong the wrong path. And when you start having those thoughts, you know, your mind takes off and it wanders and it goes down the wrong path. And before, before you know it, you're in your mind, you're way out in the middle of Sinville and you get it back right. Reel your mind back in. You, you to yourself, what you're going to do, I'm going to put down my flesh. Paul says, I, I die daily. That, that sounds crazy. I'm going to tell myself what to do, but that's exactly what you do. You need to t- tell yourself what to do. You to do. You get it right. You need to say, I'm going to follow God. I'm, I'm going to come first. I, I'm going to keep life right. I'm going to keep my mouth right, and I'm going to keep my marriage right. Amen? That, that will keep you down the right path. So, so Paul said, examine, examine yourself, whether you're in the faith or accept GBB rebates. If he was trying to lift them up or, or just make them feel good, he certainly would have told them, check your, yourself, make sure you're saved, that you're not, you're not a, just a bunch of reprobates. That's exactly what he told them. Verse number six, he says, by, says, by trust that you shall know we not reprobate. Paul says, I trust that you know by my ministry, by my test testimony, that we are not, that we are preaching the truth. That we are gi- giving you God's word, that we are doing God's work, God's way. Amen. There's something to be said of that. As one, as one missionary said, God's work done God's way will never lack black God's supply. And, that, and that's absolutely true. Paul says, I trust, trust that you know that we are not reprobates. Verse number nine. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we that we hear approved, but that you should do that, do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. You know, just because a person's saved doesn't mean they won't struggle with the flesh. Just because a person's a person saved, you know a person that's saved can do anything that an unperson can decept for go to hell. Why? Because there's something so so sacred to touch it, and that's your own free will. And you see Christians that can act reprobates. Uh, sometimes our attitude can get so foul, and we can, we can do so much wrong, and we can do so much hurt. Hurt. People think, well, you're supposed to be a God. Well, you're supposed to be a Christian. Well, you go to go to church. You should that way. Way. But sometimes our flesh, flesh if we don't really back in and get it right, it right, it can get away from us. And maybe, maybe that's what Paul's saying here. Maybe every now and then something came out, came out that, that I didn't act right. But I'm doing God's, God's work. Even with David, as much as wrong as, as David did, you know, he committed adultery and, and murder. And had the man, man that he had murdered carry his own death sentence back to, to war. But yet still said, David's a man after my own heart. 
Why, why is that? Well, you know, when David was younger, he did everything he could. He was all sold out for the Lord. Very zealous, zealous for the Lord. He was going to serve the Lord with, with all his heart. And he did mess up. But he did repent. He had, he had a heart of penance. And that means everything to God. God knows we're going we're to mess up and excuse it. Excuse it. He doesn't say it's okay. But, but think he's there when we want on our face and get right. And say, God, God, I'm sorry. I, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. Help me to get it right. And so Paul says, though we be as reprobates. Paul even went on to say that. And, and one said, the things that I don't want to do, that's what I do. And, and the things that I do, that's what I don't do. So maybe he's referring, referring to that a little in his verse. Maybe they saw that. But they had to know. Had to know. That's God's plan, God's power upon his life. There's no way, no way that a man could have that biblical insight without God's hand in on him. Just like Nicodemus, when he went to Jesus, he knew that, hey, we know you, oh, you are, you are from God. There's no way you could do without the power, power God on your life. And I'm here to tell you, even though that church at Corinth was wrong, was wrong, they knew that Paul was right. They knew that Paul was, was trying to point in the right direction. Paul wanting them to be right and get right with the Lord. Even to, to his own hurt, he loved them like a child. Like a parent loves their child. I will sacrifice. It don't mean, don't mean I, won't, I won't spank you. It won't mean I won't, won't come tell you wrong. It don't mean I won't come jump on you. But I will do everything it takes to try to get you right. And Paul felt that way about the church. Even though they were they were a good bunch of reprobates, they lived in a very sin sin theme. And can I just say they were very wealthy also. And there seems to be something something of that. When people were just or country or, or nation, it just were so so wealthy. We just feel like we don't need God anymore. Careful, America. We need to be right with God. Don't the blessing blessings of God push push away from God. Now think about that. How many people in the Bible were blessed? How many people do you know have been so blessed that they just away from God? I got everything I ever needed. I got money. I got house. I got prestige, honor, and position, all these things. And they just drift away from God. The blessings have God. They have let the blessings of God allow their own life to drift from God. So I often wonder, maybe that's why it doesn't bless some, some people, because he knows. It's not that he don't love them. It's not that he don't want the best for them. But he knows that those most mighty, if he were to bestow upon their life, that, that in itself would allow them to drift away, away from them. And that's the one thing that God cares about. That's the one thing that, that God wants, that close relationship, ladies and gentlemen, with me and with you. Well, I say this, if you were born dirt floor poor, then you were born blessed. God made it easy for you to get in the kingdom of heaven. He said it's, it's easier for them all to pass through, through an eye of the world than it is for a rich man to man to heaven. He didn't say it was impossible, but he said it was easy for a camel to pass, to pass through the eye of heaven. So if you were born poor, you were born blessed. God made it easy for you to get in. Get in. Amen. Let's continue looking here. Verse number eight. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number eight. Do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. That is, isn't it? 
the truth always comes out. The truth rings the loudest. The truth will come true. The truth, the truth eventually comes. Those are all worldly sins. And, uh, but that's true. The, tr the truth come out. The truth's going to rise to the, the top. You're going to hold the truth. The truth. I'm telling you, tell you you're not, nobody's going to hold the Bible down. Uh, you can't kick big God out of America. You 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 can't you got to worry about the people that are atheists. Listen listen to me. Just because they're atheists doesn't affect God. God did it. I promise you that. The truth is the loudest. Loudest number nine. For we are glad when when we are weak, and ye are wrong. And this also we wish even your perfection. Paul says, "I'm glad when we are weak, and I'm glad when you're you're strong." I wish even your perfection. I want nothing but the perfect thing, the perfect will of God on your life. Even to my heart, even if it makes me weak, I, I want you to be strong in the, in the Lord. I want to see you perfectly walk with the, the Lord. A great example to us as Christians is we should be like Paul, to want to, to lift others up, to want to see others be right, walk with God. So what we do, do and say, the way that we act, act in our voice each and every day, and I am con so con convicted by the statements, what we do affect, affect others and even, even us others Christians. And it definitely, it definitely affects the world because you may be the only Bible that a person ever reads. You know, the lot of people aren't, they're, they're not, not just reading the Bible, seeking the truth. No, and you're not neither. either. It's God put that, put that in you when you are saved that you want to seek God's will. You want to read read the Bible. The Bible even talks about that. It says that a newborn, as a newborn baby, a new new Christian would desire the sincere milk of the, the word. And so, so God himself is the, one, is the one that desire in you. Verse 10, therefore I will write these things, being, being absent, let present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me, edification and not destruction. Destruction be sharp with you, but it's for your good, it's for your edification, it's not destruction. It says in verse 11, finally, brethren, farewell, the very conclusion, farewell, be perfect, perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love. And peace shall be be with you. Greet one another, another with a holy kiss. All saints salute you. He says, "Be of good comfort. Be perfect." Now that's something to live up to, isn't it? Be perfect, but that's what we should be striving for. Even when we feel that's not attainable, maybe you won't get won't get there in life, but you certainly should be shooting for it. You sure, sure, sure should be going down, going down that road. And we will get there one day when the Lord Jesus comes back. back When we step foot in heaven, we will be perfect. Now, if you're saved, you're already before God. You're covered in the, in the blood. You're perfect in his, in his Son, the Lord Christ. Verse 14, the last verse. The grace of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and communion of the Holy Ghost be with y'all. Amen. He says, I want the, the grace of God to be with you. you. I want the love of God to be with you. And I love what it says about this. Listen to, to it. And communion of the Holy Spirit. The communion. That's you spending time with the, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spending time with you. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Love, loving you. Comforting you. Shining light on the scripture of God, God for you. Pointing you in the right path. In the way that God wants want to go. 
and it's up to us. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's up, it's up to us how close we want to be to God. It's up to us, us how close and how much, much we want to hear from the Holy Spirit. The more that we keep ourselves right, like Paul says, the more closer God's going to draw you. And you can have, have fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.